you pray for us tonight? I want to help you. I got, got this, I had a message for tonight, and the Lord just moved me in a different way this morning when the choir was singing, and uh, I just want to mind him. I want to encourage you tonight, and uh, you just pray for me. I want to help you tonight. 1 Samuel chapter number 7. I'm going to start reading at verse number 9 uh, for the sake of time. And, uh, but we'll, we'll kind of give you a backstory to those other ones. But I'm just going to use this passage to kind of emphasize a point out of it. And we'll just go through the Bible a little bit. But 1 Samuel chapter... Everybody there say amen. Amen. All right. 1 Samuel chapter number 7, verse number 9. The Bible says this. And Samuel took a sucking lamb, suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Sheen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Let's pray. Father, we come to you, Lord. We're thankful. Lord, I'm glad to be here. I I thank you for your goodness. You're good to us. I appreciate you, Lord. I appreciate the songs I got to hear tonight, Lord. It was good, a good touch on them, Lord, and we thank you for that. We don't take it for granted, Lord. We need your touch in everything we do here, God. We can't do it without the unction of the Holy Spirit, and we need you here tonight, Lord. I stand here, God. I need help. I want to effectively communicate the Word of God, but I can't do it without you. Touch me tonight. Use me. Help me, Lord, to bring honor and glory to thee. I pray for someone lost in this place tonight, Lord. I pray they get born again, and we appreciate you, and we love you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I want to just kind of catch you up here to where we're at in this chapter, and then I'll kind of tell you where I'm going. But in chapter number 6, if you read the end of chapter number 6, the ark had been returned uh, from the Philistines. They, uh, God allowed Israel to be defeated so God could judge Israel, and then he judged the enemies of Israel. And they found out they didn't want uh, God in their presence, and they sent him back off. And, and, and we find at the end of chapter number 6, the ark had come back. And, and in chapter number 7, what we see is the children of Israel, they were serving other gods. And, and Samuel said to them, he said, listen, it's time to return unto the Lord. It's time to get right in your relationship with God and to put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth which was from you and 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 he, he told them to put those things away and then it says uh, Israel they put away the false gods and they went to Mizpah as Samuel had told them to. Now Samuel had told them put them away and let's get over here and they got down there and they were pouring out water which you'll find is, is a way of offering to the Lord and, and also they were fasting. They were repenting they were getting right with God okay Let me say something to you. If you're not right with God, you need to repent and get right with God. Not tomorrow, but right now. You can just go ahead. The altar's open. You need to get right with God. Let me say something to you. It's a bad thing for you to take any more time outside of God's will. Might as well just get in it and get right. The The longer you're out there, the worse it is for you. But notice this. They were acknowledging their sin against the Lord. Can I say we ought to take some responsibility for our wrong? Because we're going to be accountable for it. I mean, I can put it off on someone else. I can blame everybody else in this life. But when I stand before God, I'm going to be accountable for what I've done. 
It didn't work for Adam in the beginning. You can't blame your spouse. You can't blame the world. We can blame anybody we want to. We stand before God. We're going to be accountable. I don't even know what. This wasn't even in my notes. But while in Mizpah, notice this. The enemy showed up. They start getting right with God. I mean, really getting right with God. Fasting, pouring offerings out, telling the Lord of the things that they've done, acknowledging, take responsibility for, and here comes the enemy. I'm going to tell you what, you get going in the right path, don't think for a second he ain't going to show up. Don't think for a moment the devil ain't going to show up. Here comes the enemy, and they came up against Israel. Can I say to them, they wasn't coming up to congratulate them on how well they were doing. They wouldn't come up to compliment them or encourage them. They were coming up because they wanted to knock them down. Notice this. And they did what, well, what I would have done. They called on Samuel. They called the preacher. They said, we need someone to get a hold of God. Hey, aren't you glad? I'm glad I can talk to Tom about things. But I don't have to go to Tom. Thank God some 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross, Christ died for my sins. He shed his blood on the third day, rose again. I can go straight to him. Thank God. I'm glad we have a church that'll pray, but I'm glad I can go to him myself. But they called on Samuel. They said, Samuel, we need you to get a hold of God. I mean, you can see it there in the verses when they, they talk about they cried out to Samuel. I mean, they, they, they was, I, I'd be nervous too. They're getting right. Isn't that, how the devil, isn't that how the devil works? You start doing, I mean, literally, they're getting right and, and, and trying to do the right things, and then you'd almost make them think, well, are we doing the right thing? That's what he wants you to do. He wants to get you all confused and everything, but here, here they come. They said, call out the Lord. I like what Samuel said. If I had an Alan Stewart voice, I'd say right here. And, and you know what he does? He calls for a lamb. Really what he was saying was, let's just go to church. That lamb is a picture of Jesus. They started worshiping. You realize through the middle of the battle, on, on the heels of, of, their, of their tails right here is the Philistines come to tear them apart and Samuel says, hey, let's time to have church. Let's worship. But can I say something to you? We can worship through anything. And we ought to. No matter what we face, we can worship through it. He called. He said, get that lamb. He said, bring it to me. Let's offer it unto the Lord. And, and he cried out to God and I like this and it said the Lord heard him. Thank God for that. And you see here, it said, The Lord thundered and discomfited and smote the Philistines, and Israel followed them and smote them. And notice what Samuel did. It says here that he took a stone, and he set it between Mizpah and Sheen, and he called the name of it Ebenezer, because hitherto the Lord has helped us. And I thought about that, and that's what I want to look at tonight. I want you to notice this. It says he took a stone and he set it in a, he set it in a specific place. And I want you to think about this tonight. I want some of these truths to set this in your heart. I start thinking about concrete. Now, I ain't never done much with concrete, but I know this. I set enough posts this summer to know, listen, I bought the quick bags. 
You can buy regular concrete, you can buy that stuff, it sets up, it says it sets up in 30 minutes. What that means is it gets hard enough that you can use it and, it, and it'll be sturdy and it'll be stable. But you know what we need in our lives? We need some of the truth of God's Word to set up in our hearts real hard so when the troubles come, when the trials come, when the testing come, hey, we can say, yeah, hey, they're coming, but I know somebody. I want you to think about this. Hey, notice in this verse, he said, I want to set this in this place because he wanted them every time that they walked by this to remember what? The Lord helped him. God showed up. God got in the middle of my situation. God in the middle of my need. And the Lord helped me. And I want to talk about that tonight. I want you to remember some things tonight. Listen to me. I want you to set this up in your heart. I hope it concretes down in your soul about the truth of God's Word. That God help. And listen, I want you to think about it. I want you to settle the truths of God's Word in your heart. That the Lord is our help. The truth of God's Word about God's help. Help. Those things need to be something that's holding inside of you that ain't be pulled up, can't be moved out. Listen, you need to rest on them, lean on them, trust on them because we can, because it's His Word. Why I'm late this evening. We ate at my dad's today. He cooked lasagna last night. He had a big pan left over. So we went there after, after church. And we left. And my dad has... This huge stone in his yard that says the scarberries on it. And I thought it would be really cool if I brought this rock in here and set it on this stage. Well, I didn't ask him, I just took it because I figured I'd bring it back tonight and he'd never even notice. And I can't use it, it don't have my address on it. And I set it in my trunk. I set it in a real specific place. But here's the problem, we got ready for church, I was going outside, I was, had my hands, had my Bible, I had my hands full, I had some stuff I was bringing for this message. I set it all in my trunk with my keys, shut the lid, and the door was locked. So I went inside to find Courtney's keys. And she begins to tell me that for the last week and a half, she hasn't seen them since I used her car last. So I spent 25 minutes trying to find them keys. Eventually just gave up and I figured, hey, you know what? The Lord, he'll provide. It's his word that you need. I just was trying to be, be a help here. But I thought about this for a second. And let me say something to you. We got some help because thank God there was still a key to her car. Now, y'all pray for me. I got to still get that rock back there and I got to get that out of the trunk. And he don't know, so don't be telling him or anything. I'll send this message after we, uh, after we get it done. After we find it and get back in, but... So that's why we're late tonight. But I thought about how in this situation and in the situations we face in life, how we need the help of the Lord. And I'm so glad for the help of the Lord. And that word help or helped or helper is found 159 times in the King James Bible. And the word help means to aid, to assist, to lend strength, or means to 
towards affecting a purpose. And, and I want to just look throughout the Scriptures uh, tonight just to look at a few places of what we can see about the Lord being our help and how the Lord will help us. And I thought about in this place uh, tonight, I hope that through this that you can, in a sense, take a stone. That's what the significance. All the time they set stones and memorials. They, they weren't building idols or things. They were building remembrances. They were, so to speak, setting really hard post-it notes to remind them of something. You know, there's all kinds of things in our lives. There's places where we need to look back to remember what God has done for us. There's some things that happen in our lives we best not forget. And we find here that Samuel didn't want them to forget because you know what? There'd come another day when someone would knock on the door, when another army, when another enemy would come up, another trouble, another trial would come. And they could look back to that rock, that stone set there, and remember the Lord helped us. I'm glad that God has done things for us, but I want to look at that word help and just go through the Bible. I thought uh, 159 times, what's the first mention of the word help in the Bible? It's found in Genesis 2.18. The Bible says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Can I say the first mention in God's word, in the word of God, of the word help is found when God sent man help so that he could fulfill God's will. Can I say something to encourage you ladies tonight? You want to know how valuable you are? God said he was going to make a woman just so that man could get the job done. God, there's value in that. We're in a world that thinks if, if because let me say something. To you. God has divine order, but divine order doesn't lessen your value any. In this society, they may think that means you're less. No, 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 no. Listen, you have the same, listen, men and women have different functions, but they got the same value. That's what we see right here. Yeah, we see this right here, but I want you to think about this. He said, listen, I will make a help meet for him. Do you realize that the help meet, uh, why did God give it to him? So Adam could play video games, so he could do all these things he wanted to know. You know why he gave it to him? Because Adam was to fulfill the will of God. And you know what we see here in this verse, the first mention of the word help, we find in God moving in Adam's, in man's life to help him do the will of God. Can I say something to you throughout the, what we're going to find throughout the word of God is there's nobody who will help you, can help you, and want to help you more than the Lord himself to live and to serve and to do his will. That's what we see here. Through the first mention, we go all the way through the Bible. But I want you to notice that the Lord will use people to help us. I mean, some people are looking, listen, sometimes he may, like he did here, thunder out of the sky, but sometimes, listen, he may send someone right over. We don't have to worry. Listen, you start praying, you need help. Let me say something to you. God knows what kind of help to send. But he'll use us. He'll use other people. What we see here, the Lord will help us with what we need to fulfill his will on earth. That's what this was about here. Think about this for a second. We see the first mention is pointing that God's helping man do his will. And may I say something to you? That don't stop all the way throughout till Jesus comes. We see Psalm 33, 20, the Bible says this. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. The Bible tells us throughout Scripture that the Lord is our help. I mean, I'm not talking about we're looking for help. I made a sign tonight. I didn't even bring it, and I was going to bring it, but you know what I wrote on it? It's, I made it look just like one of them signs you get at the Lowe's when you're selling your house or you see on these businesses says help wanted, but I made it said help available. Why are we running around everywhere else? 
Lord is our help. There's help available tonight. You come in here with a problem. There's a God in heaven with all knowledge, with all power, who loves and cares about you, who's willing to help you. If you've made a mess of it, God will help you work through that thing. The Lord is our help. I'm telling you, friends, the Psalm 28 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise Him. And the Bible said in Psalm 40 and 17, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. Isaiah 41 and 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, help Hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Help is available. Psalm 46 and 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. I like that. And you do too. Sometimes we don't think about it until trouble is what shows up. But I'm glad that he's present when trouble shows up. Oh, that's, I'm telling you, friends, when trouble shows up, so does he. You say, trouble's come my way, preacher. Hey, so is his help. He's a present help. You know what we, we think? I thank God for first responders. I mean, listen, when you have an emergency and they show up to your door in two minutes, and I mean, just it's amazing all that they do, all the training that they got. Thank God for them, what they do. I'm talking about when you have an emergency, guess what you want? You don't want them to say, well, hey, we're busy right now. We'll come back tomorrow. Just tell them to hang on till we get there. No, no, what do you want when you have an emergency? You want something right now. Can I say he's the God who helps right now? He's the God that shows up in the moment. He's the God of eternity past that's proved himself. He's the God of the moment, and he's the one that'll be there tomorrow when it shows up. He's a very present help in trouble. Acts 26, 22 says this. Paul, talking about Paul, he said, he said, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to the small and great saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. And I want you to grab a few things out of this. First thing I want you to realize is Paul, saying that he, Paul said he obtained help of God. That means God's help. Now notice this. This is all in the context of doing the will of God. Grab this. You go through and read the chapter, he's talking about, notice what he says after that. He said that he continued to this day witnessing both the small and great. He's talking about doing the will of God, and he said, I got God's help, that's why I'm still going. Can I say something to you tonight? Listen, God's help is obtainable. Not just for Paul, but for every born-again believer. Listen, that whatever God's called you to do for the Lord, God said help is obtainable and you can do it. God will help you. God will strengthen you. And notice this. Can I say something in the days we're in and in light of the message you preached this morning? Hey, if we're going to continue with the right Bible, if we're going to continue with the right doctrine, if we're going to continue taking the right stands and saying for what's right, we're going to do it obtaining God. God's help or we won't do it if we're going to having done all to stand we better be getting some help from the Lord 
I mean, if we're going to raise our kids right in an ungodly world, hey, listen, we better hey, obtain the help of God. That's what Paul said. You know what he said there, Tom? He said, I ain't changed my message. Moses and the prophets preaching the same thing. There's one coming. There's a lamb coming that's going to take away the sins of the world. Listen, all the Old Testament just said, here he comes. John just was the one that got to show up and say, here he is. Right here he is. Y'all don't know that there's one standing among you. Can I say something to you? You know what Paul said? He said, this is why he said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Paul didn't waver to the end because he had God's help to stay right. Listen to me. You can finish well. You can finish right. There's no reason for us not to. There is no reason for every single one of us in here to not go out living in the will of God. I'm telling you, there's no reason that we can't. You say, why? Because the help of God's available. Paul obtained the help of God. Listen, if Jesus don't come for another 25 years, I want to preach in this same Bible. I'm going to stay with it. You say, how am I going to do that? I'm going to obtain help of God. You need help of God, you preach. Sometimes you see people's faces. Yeah. Y'all need help of God listening to me. So listen, we're in this thing together. But Paul, Paul said, I stayed the course because I got God's help. If we're going to stay the course. This is what this thing's about. It's about, I'm talking about, listen, I'm talking about us living in the middle of God's will. God's always going to help us do that. And if you look at Paul's life, talking about some difficulties, things that he went through. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Greg's going to get there, and when he gets there, you'll read them things, and I'm going to tell you what, we read those things they find unbelievable, and you know what? He never, he never stopped. He continued on. Till his boat showed up, that's what that departure is, till his final vessel showed up to take him out of the port, to head on home. Listen, he stayed with it, and you and I can too, because we obtained help of God. It's not a one-time help, it's an everyday help. I'm talking about we'll need him today, we need him tomorrow, we're going to need him. But if we're going to keep, listen, if we're going to keep proclaiming the gospel, we're going to keep standing for truth, listen, God will help us do that, we better be asking for it. So we see there's a place we can obtain help. That ought to encourage us. It is in a way about who you know. We live in a world that way. A lot of people get in certain things and do certain things because of who they know. But thank God you and I can live in the will of God because of who we know. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. The Bible says this. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. We need to remember... You need to just make sure this settles in and gets real hard in your heart. We need to remember there's a place to look for help. I was thinking about some different times. I thought about when the it children of Israel come up out of Egypt and they got over and, and, and they were surrounded in this land. They couldn't go left or right and they couldn't go forward because the sea was there and, and, the, and the Egyptians was behind them. I mean, pretty much they were stuck. The only place they could look where there was an opening, Tom, guess what? Was up. All around. Listen, they couldn't go left and right. They couldn't go forward. They, in a sense, they were trapped right there. The enemy had them trapped in. 
but he didn't have them covered over. Thought about how they could have just looked up. I thought about Joshua over at them walls of Jericho. They went around that thing for seven days. And six days they went around and didn't say nothing. You know what? You know what? These walls, the way I read it, they were like thick enough where they could ride so many chariots on the top of them. I mean, we're talking about a city that was thousands of years ago and how big the walls are. Let me say something to you. That means the walls are really big. Whether we know how big they are or not. And, 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 and what they did, they circled them for six. What do you think they were looking at? They had the enemies looking down at them. They just looking up. Now listen to me. Y'all, let me say something to you. If God said, y'all walk around this city for six days, don't think for a second one of y'all is going to act like y'all didn't have a question of how's this thing going to come down. You, you see, what, what was it? How, we're, we're looking for means of, of, of physical things. What, what's going to happen? In, and, and science will try to explain it. Let me say, I can explain it to you. The Lord told them to come down. They went. That's it. And you know what's the amazing thing? They all went except the one part where Rahab's family was. That's called God, by the way. That's what God can do. But, but think about this. They were looking up. In our lives, there's a lot of times we get down, we get discouraged, we don't know what to do. There's chaos. I mean, the world we live in is chaotic around us. There's all kinds of things going. Things change every day. It's up and down. It's roller coastery. I mean, that, that, that's the life we live in. I mean, if you stay in knowing the things of the news, it'll discourage you and all this stuff. But can I say something to you? There's a place you can look for help. I lift my eyes under the hills. You know what he's saying? He said, I'm looking up. He was talking about, that was a song of degrees, I believe, and they were looking towards Jerusalem. We looked towards heaven, and he was looking up. Can I say, you and I got a place we can look for help, and we need to look to the Lord. Hey, God will help us. I like this. Not only is there a place that you and I can look for help, Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm about to feel real good on this one. This is, you got a hanky, you ought to get it out right here. Not only is there a place that we can look for help, but praise God, there's a place we can go for help. I might just read them verses before that because it gets me feeling good because you're talking about, well, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through and you don't know what I'm facing and all these kind of things. Let me say something to you. Read these verses before her. I love this. It's such a picture of our wonderful Savior. It says this in verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed unto the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. I like this right here. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin then he says let us therefore come like, can I say something to you we don't serve a God that's cold to our needs a God that ain't compassionate a God that doesn't care a God that doesn't understand let me say something to you we serve a God that is touched when you're feeling it it makes him feel it and bless God because of that he said we ought to come to him that word boldly that doesn't mean proudly but let me say something to you if Todd comes up and asks you for $100, well, you're going to just say, okay, if I got it, you're probably going to give it to him. If I come up and ask you for $100, you might think for a second. You say, what's the difference? Well, Todd's his son, and I'm not. You know what that boldly means? 
come in because on the basis of what Jesus did at Calvary. You and I are as much welcome there and wanted there as anybody else because of what the blood of Christ did for you and I. What he's saying is we don't come proudly, but we come because we're his. Listen, if my kid asks me for a need or wants something, I'll do my best to answer it. If your kid comes, I'd try to do it too. But listen, hey, it's not the same if it's not mine as it is if it's someone else's. God's saying you're mine, so you come to me for help. He wants us to come. He said, come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain. I like that word. God has invited you, allowed us, encouraged us to come to his throne to find some grace to help. I'm talking, you say, well, what what kind of help? What kind of grace? Let me say something to you. I don't know what you're going through, but there's grace for it. There's help for what you're going through. You say, well, I've never been here before. I've never went through this. Let me say something to you. There's grace to help. And there's a place that you and I can come, the throne of grace. I want to encourage you tonight. God wants you to, hey, God wants to help you, and he will help you. You just need to ask him. Wants to. I mean, I think about this verse, and I mean, I just... It, it ought to move us so much to know that we can come to Him. Because there's going to be an end time of need in your life. There's going to be. And I don't know what it may be. I mean, and honestly, every day we go through things. I'm glad that there's not a... You notice what He didn't put on their tongue? He said, come boldly, but didn't say, only bring me with the big stuff. Which that would be good. But that's not what He said. And He didn't say, well, listen... You can come this many times, or you can... He didn't put limitations on it. Can, can I say something to you? You know, this, listen, I was, we were going to make it tonight, Lord's will. I would at least been here by preaching time. I didn't want Tom to pop a clonidine in, you know, wondering where I was at. We were coming. I wasn't late as long as I didn't miss preaching time, right? Y'all didn't have no idea what was going on. And we made it, thank God. Let me say something to you. I was praying around the house. Listen, this is not the first time I prayed about where my keys are. Now, I know where my keys are. I don't know where her keys are. But you know what I told the Lord, Tom? I said, Lord, now he didn't show me these, but he could have. I said, you know exactly where these are sitting. He's got a great view, by the way. He can see all the house, see everything. But that wasn't a problem for you all. It might have been if I didn't show up to preach. But it's a big problem to me. It won't make a front page news. Y'all might laugh about it and tell someone later on, but it really ain't going to impact a lot of people's lives. But I could pray about that. And I did. We're here. Now, if we couldn't have found the other keys, I don't know what we'd have done. But I, I want you to think about this for a second. Every single day, there's things that you need help with. You may not need a mountain moved or grace to get up it, but you may need something. There's a place you can go. There's a place you can go for the small things, for the little things, for the big things, for the things that you've never faced before, for the thing. Listen, can I, this is an amazing thing. This ain't the first time I prayed about my keys. Now, God, you know what he didn't say? He didn't say... Don't come up here with that. 
My wife might have said that. But God didn't. I pray about certain things all the time. Lord, I need your help with this. And I'm glad, Tom, I can. There's a place to go. I'm going to encourage you tonight, friend. Listen, the Lord wants to help us do his will. Had it been his will that we'd have had that rock and I'd have used that other Bible and all them things, had it been his will, Tom, guess what? We'd have been here with it. But it wasn't his will. But his will, I preach this message because we got here tonight. And I'm ending on this one. Now this, I, I, feel, I feel so good on this. I li, I, listen, I've been trying to live this every day. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. When I say I've been trying to live it, what I'm trying to tell you is I've been trying to practice this, remember this in my everyday life. Second part of verse number 5 says this. I'm going to encourage you. He talked about memorizing scripture. If you don't have this in your memory bank, you better start tonight. Like this is one, I'm talking about this verse, verses 5 and 6. Listen, if you don't have this memorized, get it memorized. Get it highlighted. Get it, I mean, write the, make this concrete in your heart. You need to remember this. Because there are going to be situations in life where you ain't thinking straight. But if you got that down in there, you can remember something. I may not know where I'm at, what I'm doing, what's going on. Thank God. I know he's with me. You better, you, I'm talking about this one. You better make an effort to get this one in your heart. The Bible says this. I'm going to read verse 5 backwards and forwards just so it'll just concrete in there. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And I'm going to read it backwards to you. Thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. Said he for. Think about this for a second. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Either way you read that. But notice what it says in verse 6. That that is attached to the promise in verse 5. So that we may boldly say. Here's that word boldly again. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I wish it was this way. It's not, but I, just, I wish. I wish that every door hanger and every door we knocked on, someone opened the door and said, "I want to be saved." Like I might get lightheaded thinking about that happening right now. I mean, I wish that when we knocked, I mean, I wish that every house we went to in Dunbar, every invitation that we did, I mean, that we saw someone and said, "Oh yeah, how do I want to be saved." That's not the world we live in. May I say, what we're doing, we're going to be doing, at times we're going to be doing and be persecuted for it. People will go out of their way to make it hard for us. Now let me say something to you. I want you to grasp this. Everybody in Dunbar could be saved and should be saved on the basis of Calvary. The blood of Jesus can do that. I mean, he, everybody in this, I mean, I'm talking about the whole, all 8 billion people in the world right now could be, should be, and they would, if they wanted to, be saved. But you and I are going to serve God 
in still the greatest country in the world. But let me say something to you. We've went a long way in the last 50 years. We're living at times where I believe, kind of like Abraham in Genesis where he said, he lied because he worried there was not a fear of God in the land. Now, some of you all can remember when there was a reverence for God even on Sundays by people that wasn't saved and wouldn't claim to be saved. That's not the days we're in. Okay? What I'm trying to get with right here is it's not always going to be easy. You're not always going to be appreciated. You're not always going to be liked. You're not always going to be cared about. And people's not, listen, people's not going to always care. They're not going to be like, oh, I'm glad they put a door hanger on a door to invite me to church. Some people would bring them back to the church and tear them up. I'm still claiming victory that we brought them to church, whether they tore it up or not. They didn't get in. I'm hoping next time they do. But I want you to think about that. That's the world we live in. That verse right there says, because we're talking about the will of God tonight. That's what we're talking about. God's want to help us do His will. Because He's with me, Tom, I shall not fear what man shall do unto me. You say, what, what's man fear got to do anything? Because the Bible said in Proverbs, I think it's 29, you can go and find it there. The, Proverbs, the Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. You know why you and I don't sometimes witness when God tells us to witness? Because we're scared of what's going to happen. That's called fear. Let's be real honest. I mean, it may be fear of, well, if I do this, I may lose my job or my promotion. Well, if I do this, I may lose my family. Well, if, if I do this, I, it may cost me something. This verse here says, He's with us. You know why we need to remember this? Because when we're sitting there in the valley of decision of our hearts and God has laid it on us, and you know what I'm talking about. You know when God has said, you better witness that person. When He's laid it on you, to do this, whatever it may be for him. And, you, and the devil starts saying, now, now Tom, you preach that truth, they may not come back. That's the temptation for the pastor. Now Tom, you nobody wants to hear about hell no more. You can lighten your message. But you know what he said? You were standing there this morning. I know he got out of the way when you kicked your leg up there a few times. But he was right there with you. Everywhere we go, God has us. We don't go alone. We like to go out in twos when we go door hanging and door knocking, but bless God, we always go out in threes. There's another one there with us. When you're at home and the devil's on you, when you're at work, when you're at the grocery store, when you're wherever you are, when you're on vacation, let me say something to you. Hey, he's always with us. You say, what's that mean? Well, because he's with us, we know that we got a helper to help us do God's will. That we don't have to fear what man shall do to unto us. That's what he's saying right here. You know what he's saying? It's giving us some boldness. That's why we need to get this verse down in our hearts. I like it so much because his presence will help us serve when the persecutions come let me say something I don't like confrontation if I don't have to be in it Okay, I would avoid it if I have to 
But if it's necessary and it's right and I should need to be in it, I want to stand and do the right thing. Afflictions will come because of the gospel. This is why I say this multiple times from this pulpit. Tom does too. Listen to me. We don't, and we're thankful here. I think we do things to honor the freedom we got, but we do not yet appreciate how free that you and I are to come here and do this without having to worry about someone shooting us up, hiding out, doing all these things. I'm not saying that I could even comprehend. I've never been in the situation, Tom. I mean, my whole life, I'm 35 years old. Listen, if I wanted to go anywhere, I could just do it. But we've never, in a sense, in this time, had to go and, so to speak, serve under fire. Most we get is someone talk about us on Facebook. Say something about us when they walk out the door. But I've never been someone threatened me with my life to say, don't you preach at. Now let me say something to you. That may happen. And if it does, one, I want to tell you, I know my name is there. But I want to, I want to remember in that moment, in that hour, I've never been there, I'm telling you I've not been there. But I know if I'm there, He's there with me. And I can do what's right. And we can still choose to do what's right. Because there's a God in heaven that wants to help you.